Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks, and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone, thanks for joining today. Today we have on Mike Tucker, and Mike comes to us from Birmingham, Alabama. He's just about to be 45 years old, and his story is really interesting because about four months ago, he learned that he had elevated blood sugars and it was type 2 diabetes, and he immediately, on the spot, took his health into his own hands and made changes right away, including changing his diet and beginning to fast, and he had very, very quick results, and I think it's a story that can show and illustrate that if you're willing to make the changes, your life can turn around very quickly, and I think his story is one that you will find to be extremely helpful, especially if you are in the beginning of your journey. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to speak to you today. Uh, Same. I appreciate the offer. All right. Well, before we get into it, maybe you can just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Mike Tucker. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I'll be 45 in a couple days. Let's see. What else? Well, I guess we'll get in the whole fasting stuff in a second. What do you do for I work? As a computer-aided draftsman, so I sit at a desk all day, and on the side, train martial arts and play the drums. Cool, cool, cool. So I saw you on a Facebook group, and you had, you know, you had showed a before and after picture, and you started at something like 250 pounds, is that right? Yeah, about there. Yeah, and how tall are you? Uh, 5'10". 5'10", okay. And so what, so maybe you can just tell me Maybe you can back up and just tell me what happened, what brought you to, you know, your high weight of 250, and then kind of if you tried other diets or, you know, what what kind of has brought you through your process to now? So I guess what really started going back a few years, around 2016, I got uh, diagnosed with uh, hypothyroidism. Okay. I noticed that my weight was kind of gradually going up, but as soon as, as soon as I got that diagnosed, like it jumped up. I was going to take a trip to Japan and wanted to get a checkup and have my blood work done. And they found that my thyroid markers were not correct or not where they should be. Didn't hear from them until I got back. I was gone for a couple of weeks and they said, Hey, you need to get this checked. You need to go to a specialist and found a endocrinologist to get that process going. And, you know, he put me on a, on a Synthroid and you know, I have to go, you know, we started going like every three months to get it dialed in. And so that's what I say, it's 2016. And so every time I get the blood work and, you know, the thyroid stuff seemed to be okay, but my blood sugar started going kind of high a couple times in a row. And what's kind of high for you? Well, I, it was, well, when, when I got the type two diabetes diagnosis, the blood sugar when I'd taken it and I'd been fasted for the blood work at that time and it was 211. So it was, it was a bit high. It wasn't 
you know, outrageously high, like I've heard some stories, but it was high enough that he said, okay, you're, you're type two diabetic. And I said, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough diagnosis. Yeah. You- I mean, you know, you hear the stories and I mean, I've known some, some people who had to take insulin and, you know, it just get out of control and people hearing the stories about amputations and worse. So I was like, well, uh, that's not going to happen to me. So do you have any diabetes in your family or are you the first one? I think my dad's mother was diabetic when she was, you know, got in her probably sixties to seventies. My dad passed away at 51 from non-diabetes. It was something else, but you know, being 44, you know, and then getting diagnosed that young, it's like, well, I don't know about that, but I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. So did you get an A1C run at the time or? Not, not on the initial diagnosis. I mean, he wasn't testing for that. Like the previous blood work, my sugar was probably a little bit high, like pre-diabetic, you know, just a, a little bit over a hundred. But, you know, I think I would have to go through and look at it, but I think the previous checkup I had was probably a little over a hundred, maybe like 105, 110. Okay. And then four months later, it's 211. Okay. And, you know, it's like, well, something drastic has changed, so I need to fix this. So I didn't get an A1C at that time because he wasn't looking for it. But then four months later, when I had the the second checkup, we tested again, and at that time it was uh, 5.0. Okay. So you basically reversed it even before you could get an A1C. So you went in for the thyroid issue, found out you had type two, and then basically four months later, you had done enough to change your lifestyle and, you know, and you were fasting and things like that to reverse it. Yes. That's very Um, fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't have anything that was saying, yeah, you're definitely type two diabetic four months prior at the last checkup. So, or however many months it was from the the previous checkup, till the diagnosis and I was thinking, well, if it happened that quick, maybe I can change it and turn it around, you know, just as quick or even more quickly since I'm going to go hardcore and and do everything possible. When I got the A1C and it was 5.0, my blood sugar result at the time was like 86. Oh, perfect. It was within, I mean, within range for a healthy person. Like I, I, you know, as I went through this, I was looking through, okay, what's blood sugar for, a healthy person or what's considered, you know, normal for a diabetic. And I put it back into the ranges for non-diabetic. So when you got that, when you saw that 211 blood sugar and you decided to make changes, did, did you decide on your own or did your doctor kind of point you in any direction or how, how did you come about making those changes? So I was already part of the fasting group on Facebook um, from a while back, you know, I'd had, you know, struggle with weight for the last several years. And so I tried this and that and kind of half-heartedly wasn't really an issue of, okay, if I don't do something, I might die. <laughs> so anyway, I've been part of the group for a while and I've done fasting in different for different reasons. It was never for a health-based reason really. And it wasn't anything on a regular basis. It was like for an event or for something specific this one time and then not do it again for months later. But his when, when he gave me the diagnosis, he prescribed metformin for me, which I never took. And I asked him about intermittent fasting, what he thought about it. And he said, you know, he was okay with it, but I don't think he still to this day, he doesn't know exactly what I did. It was just, he gave me this paper to read, which I, I skimmed it. And it was basically like, 
oh, just, you know, skip one meal a day. And that was it. And I was like, well, I know there's more intensive protocols to possibly follow. So what I decided to do was my own decision, basically. So the doctor prescribed you metformin. Did the, did the doctor say you can reverse this? Or did he just say, just take the metformin and go about your life? It was basically take the metformin and go about my life. Um, so, so then you decided through having been on the Facebook group that you were going to, and you'd probably seen people reverse type two diabetes and you just decided to go about it your, your own way. I, I, I'd gotten into Dr. Fung's stuff and him talking about it before I got the diagnosis, but I'd only been like watching a video here and there. And, but when it came down to, okay, you've got the diagnosis, I went, you know, down the rabbit hole and, you know, watched a lot of videos, read a lot and just, uh, took a shot at it and well, it worked. <laughs> so how did you, how did you start out? It sounds like you had dabbled a little bit in fasting previously, but weren't, you know, totally all in. How did you start? And then where have you evolved to today? Well, the fasting I'd done previously was like related to my martial arts practice. It was, it was more like a spiritual thing rather than a health thing. It wasn't for losing weight or anything like that, or, you know, any health, physical health thing. You know, as far as losing weight, previously I'd done two or three whole thirties over the years. I've done a couple cleanses here and there. Was never really serious about it. And, you know, especially when I was younger, I'd, I never really had any weight problems. Like when I was, you know, a teenager, I was scrawny. And then I hit my twenties and then I guess hormones changed or whatever. And I started getting larger. And then, you know, just, you know, when I was a kid, I could eat pretty much anything I wanted and just never had any problems. And then as an adult, I guess maybe... I don't know if the hyperthyroidism compounded or not, but it, it, I couldn't eat anything I want anymore. Like started gaining a lot of weight. And, but anyway, yeah, as far as the fasting for the health, after I got the diagnosis, no, I just, I started with alternate day, 42 hour fast, three times a week changed, you know, got rid of any non-starchy vegetables, absolutely no sugar, just water to drink, like, high fat, low carb, moderate protein. I just went all in. So you went all in right away. You didn't like transition into it and do like 16, eight or something. You just went straight into alternate day. Yeah. I went into alternate day and then the days that I would eat, you know, my feeding days, I still would skip breakfast and keep it within a six to eight hour window. So I was even fasting like a 16, eight or an 18, six on my non fasting days. Yeah, when I do ADF, I do the same thing. I don't have like an all day thing. I usually eat like two meals and then that's it. I I think that's that makes sense. I feel like I couldn't even eat three meals if I wanted to, or you know, I couldn't eat all day if I wanted to. Yeah, I had a I had a salad for lunch today and it was almost too much. I was pretty full. <laughs> so yeah, that brings me to another question. When you do alternate day, do you do the five hundred calorie down day, or do you do like a full fast on your day off from eating? Full fast, just water, water and a little bit of salt water. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have trouble doing an entire, cause you do 42 hours you said on your down days. Yeah. On my fasting days, I would, I would aim for 42 hours, you know, depending on scheduling. Sometimes I wouldn't hit it. It might be 36. It might be 40, it might be 44. You know, I'll, I'm not huge into like tracking every second or every, definitely not calories. I, I haven't counted any calories whatsoever. Just eight till I felt full and then stopped. And then even then, like some of the days when I would do like a six hour window, the second meal was significantly smaller because I still had food in me. Yeah. So it yeah. wasn't nearly that much. I imagine if I had to count calories, I'd 
venture to guess it's around a thousand twelve hundred yeah isn't it freeing to not have to count calories i was just thinking about that today like when I, before I did intermittent fasting, I was on Weight Watchers a couple times and then another program called Noom and you have to track every single thing that you eat. And that's actually one of the things I really like about fasting is you don't have to track anything. <laughs> yeah, I got a friend of mine. He's, he's lost a significant amount of weight, but it's, I mean, it's taken him like three years, three, four or five years. Uh, but he does the calorie counting thing and that would just make me insane. I would drive, it would drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, you really don't have to because you're you know, it's, it's a combination of fasting and I guess a calorie deficit too, when you think about it, cause you're not eating, you're skipping a lot of meals, but you really don't have to think about it. Well, and that's been an interesting thing, you know, especially, you know, so I'm, I live alone. I'm, you know, not married, don't have kids. Um, but all my friends, they started noticing that I was changing. If I was hanging out, I was eating this weird stuff, like getting a hamburger with a lettuce bun and no ketchup and, you know, give me a side of raw pickles or something like that. And they're like, what's going on? And then close friends, I, I told us, yeah, it's got diagnosed. So I'm definitely going to change some things. But some of his friends, you know, that worked, you know, at restaurants or whatnot and would be taking my order, like, you know, or hanging out at their house, you know, oh, this got this many calories. And like, I had to say it's like multiple times, like, I don't care about the calories. Like the calories don't matter. I've got plenty of calories on me. I'll be fine for energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So you started, you weighed in at 250 when you started this whole thing or when you're, when you found out you had type two, you're around 250. Yeah. And then you're around 200 now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a lot. And you lost it over four months. About that. That's fast. Did you feel like it was a, like a lot of weight loss very quickly or did it feel pretty good? Like, like, do you mean like it felt unsafe or no no not unsafe just like that's you know i i lost weight pretty quick too it just sort of like melted off i wasn't trying to lose weight it's just you know when you look back it's like 50 pounds in four months that's really that's like a lot of weight i mean yeah how, how did you feel as you were losing did you feel good did you feel strong yeah it was, it was encouraging i mean i was weighing myself i mean it depends on person's psychology i guess but for me like weighing myself each day and it's like okay i'm I'm down another quarter pound, I'm down another half a pound day after day after day. It just kept me encouraged to keep doing it. And, you know, blues, you know, it fluctuate here and there, but mostly it was a, mostly a downward trend, you know, and it's steep at first because you lose like, you know, some of my size, you know, having 70 pounds too much on me, the first bit, I mean, 20 pounds came off in the first month, which I know like 10 of that's probably water weight. Yeah. And then it started you know, it started to get more, a more gradual decline over, you know, after the first month or two. So am I understanding correctly that maybe your goal weight is somewhere around 180? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want to lose 70 pounds in total. Right. You're very near that. You'll probably yeah, get there yeah. in the next couple months if you keep up what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Should be able to. Wow. And do you... At least get close. <laughs> Do you envision that you'll continue alternate day fasting when you hit that goal? Or do you think you'll switch to something like a daily eating window? I mean, I'm going to experiment. I think like, I mean, I haven't had breakfast in, was it now six months or so? Well, yeah, six months or so. So breakfast is probably gone forever. I'll keep eating the types of foods that I'm eating. As far as once I hit the goal weight, I think I'll, I'm, I'm going to have to play it by ear. I think if I keep doing alternate day fasting, then I may go more than I want to. 
I don't want to lose too much. Like I look at these old charts, which I think are like from the 1950s that they say someone my height should be like 160 pounds. And I'm like, I think that's probably a little too small. <laughs> you might be surprised. I mean, I kept losing weight well past my goal weight. Cause my, I, for my whole adult life, I've fluctuated between like 123 and 113. I'm, I'm only 4'11", so I'm short, but, uh, you know, and I thought, all right, I'm going to get to 113 pounds and I was doing intermittent fasting. And then I didn't stop there. I just kept going. And now I, I like maintain between 92 and 95. So you may have a goal in mind of 180 and just blow right through it. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and part of that, I'll look at, you know, how I feel mainly I'll look at, I'm not really looking at the number itself. It's just the number is a kind of a, an idea, but really I'll look at like, how do I feel? How's my energy? What are my what does my blood work look like? What does my body composition look like? And if it's like, okay, I could stand to lose a little bit more, then I'll keep going. If it's like, okay, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, then I'll, I'll adjust from there. Yeah. And do you, along the way, have you been keeping up with your blood sugars? Do you test at all? Yeah, I test. I try to test every day. Okay. And what are you, so you started out with that high watermark of 211 at the doctor appointment, and then you got a glucometer pretty, like pretty shortly thereafter to test your blood uh, sugar. Yeah, the doctor actually gave me one. Uh, okay. To take home and start testing. And I think it was a couple of days, two or three days after that I did my first test. And I was still like, and I think I fasted the day before, but I was still like 130 or something after about 40 something hours of fasting. But then I think within, probably within the first three weeks, it started getting down the high 80s and I average around 85. Yeah, that's that's about perfect. So so you test every you test in the morning? I usually test around 11, 11 okay. right before noon. Okay. Yeah, cuz I I think I saw something maybe about maybe you have a little dawn phenomenon going on or maybe you didn't. Yeah, there was one one of my latest checkups like I guess it's been maybe a month now. I fasted not, well, I've been fasted like 14 hours. I, I had something to do the night before and ate a little bit. And so, but, you know, testing my finger, well, those two times this happened. So the first time was when I did the first checkup after I, the diagnosis was like when I'd hit 200 and, you know, my blood sugar was averaging around 86. Well, that morning I got up and went to the doctor and I tested, you know, in my vehicle right before I went in and it said like 117. And I was like, what? But then like got blood drawn five minutes later and that test came back at like 86. So I was like, eh, I don't know if that's Don phenomenon happening. If it drops like from 117 or whatever to 86 in like a five or 10 minute span. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can test it on your own at home. Like the minute you like basically get out of bed and then test it like an hour or two later and see what happens. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That, like to test different times a day. I have tested at night here and there to see, like, I would say it was probably within, after the first two, two weeks, maybe. And it was a day that I was feeding and I'd eaten, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half before I had uh, martial arts class. And I'd gone for a walk with a friend around the neighborhood where the, where the school is and uh, got back and I was like, man, I'm really tired. I don't know why. And we had class and like, my legs were like jelly. I was, you know, trying to pick someone up to do a hip throw and like, it just felt like I'd done a hundred squats after one or two. I was like, what is going on? Why well, I feel like 
just weak. And I was like, I wonder if my blood sugar is low. And I think I had a, an incidence of reactive hypoglycemia because I got home that night and it was like 60. And then I, you know, ate a piece of cheese, tested 15 minutes later, and then I was back around 77 or something. I was fine after that. And then like later, like another week later, I was tired again. And I was like, okay, this, this feels similar, but not quite as, it's just different. Like, I just feel like it's hard to describe it. I didn't feel like weak, weak. I just felt kind of exhausted. And I was like, well, okay, I'll test when I get home. So I got home tested and my blood sugar was normal. Started looking into it and I was like, oh, it turns out I'm losing all the electrolytes because I'm dropping all this water and I'm not replacing it with enough salt. So did some research and now I take a, I'll take a 20 ounce water bottle and I make a homemade concoction of three parts Himalayan pink salt and one part iodized sea salt because iodine is good for the thyroid mix that up and I have a little salt shaker that I keep at home and I got one at work and I'll get a water, a 20 ounce water bottle and put about a teaspoon of that salt in there, shake it up and sip on it throughout the day. And since then I've had no problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually you bring up a really important point about the hypoglycemic episode that you had because it does, you know, as a type one, I have hypoglycemia pretty re- regularly because sometimes I don't dose my insulin properly. I mean, it's, it's really hard to do when you think about it. Like, to be your own pancreas. And sometimes when I, you know, take insulin for meals or sometimes I'm correcting a high blood sugar, sometimes I take too much. It's like, it happens pretty regularly, let's say. Even I've had diabetes almost 24 years and I still, I'm still not perfect with it, which is sort of frustrating, but that's an aside. But yeah, sometimes when you get a low blood sugar and you know, if you don't treat it, especially if you have a normally functioning pancreas, the glycogen stores will get released. So you'll feel the hypoglycemic episode and you'll feel weak and tired and shaky. And then when the glycogen stores release it, you know, your blood sugar comes back up, but the whole act of having that episode makes you really, really tired. So I'm sure that's what happened to you. If you had tested, that's probably what it was. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely, I mean, I knew I'd just eaten and I'd heard like, sometimes it'll, it'll kick in overdrive. Like it's not used to having such less blood sugar as mm-hmm. I understand it. And so the, the pancreas is like, Oh, there's something in the system. Let's do what we've been doing for the past how many years and send out way too much and it drops too much and you're like shaky. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, and plus, you know, when you start fasting as a type 2 or a type 1, whoever you are with diabetes, it, no matter what, when you have diabetes, you become hyper aware of your blood sugars. So, I mean, you know, you just have to expect that these fluctuations will happen sometimes and it's not, doesn't mean you should stop fasting or make any real changes. It's just, they happen sometimes and you gotta just deal with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your martial arts because I'm curious about it. So you, how long have you been doing martial arts? Uh, about 30 years. Oh, 30 years. And what, what kind do you practice? It's called a Bijukan Budo Taijutsu. It's a okay. Japanese system. It's a little bit of everything. We hit each other, we joint lock each other, throw each other. <laughs> nice, nice. So do you, when you, when you practice, have you tried it both fasted and unfasted and which way do you prefer? Do you do it both ways and it doesn't matter? I was doing it both ways because of the way, you know, the way my, I was doing alternate day fasting on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And we'd have class on Mondays. I'm sorry. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays would be my fasting days, but we'd have class on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So Mondays would, was definitely fasted. And usually I was fasted on Saturday mornings. I'd wait till after class, because we would have class in the morning on Saturdays 
wait till after that and then have my first meal of the day. And I mean, I'm good either way. Yeah. You don't feel better one way or the other. You feel totally fine. Yeah. I would, I would almost say that I probably prefer it fasted because like while I'm doing it, you know, there's a little bit of stress, a little bit of adrenaline and cortisol in the system. So I don't really feel hungry. You know, I'm not too, I'm too busy to feel the hunger. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. And have you, and when you were, so you've been doing this for 30 years, so you've been doing it through all your different weight fluctuations. Have you found that it's become a lot easier now that you're a lot lighter? Oh, tremendously easier. Yeah, I was, and it, it was kind of strange. I was avoiding certain, certain movements, you know, because I had extra weight and, you know, after about the first 20 pounds came off, I was like, okay, let me try these other things. Like, oh, I can do this again without, you know, discomfort. I can do it easily. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's made a huge difference. And are there any other exercises that you've gotten into since you've lost? I mean, that's a lot of weight, 50 pounds. It's like, you could probably do whatever you want now. I mean, at the same time, I was, you know, through like reading and listening to Dr. Fung's stuff, you know, there's this idea of the sugar bowl that, you know, you've got all this glucose kind of stored in the system that's got to be released out of the organs and trying to burn it off, trying to burn all the excess sugar off that's still stored inside these things like new gluconeogenesis. And I was like, okay, well I was hitting, hitting the kettlebells pretty hard the first two or three months doing, you know, running about two or three times a week. So I was, I was doing some other exercise besides you know, martial arts training. Yeah. And I mean, I assume that, you know, with martial arts and some of the other training that you've done, you've been at it for such a long time. You probably have a pretty, decent community that you're a part of? I mean, have people noticed your weight loss? Have they been asking you like what you're doing? Yeah, especially people who hadn't seen me, you know, they'd seen me six months ago or six months prior prior to the diagnosis. And then, you know, later, and they notice like, whoa, you are they they always approach carefully, like, have you lost weight? And it's like, yeah, like 40 pounds. (laughs) It's like, I wasn't sure I didn't want to ask because, you know, there's a sensitivity issue with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure it's pretty obvious at this point. You probably had to buy all new clothes. I just, even with the 30 pounds, I like can't fit into my old clothes anymore. I think once you go beyond 20 pounds, I think you got to buy new clothes. Well, I, I've been waiting. I've, I've tra- cut a couple extra notches in my belt, you know, that I've, I've outgrown the belt that I had. So I took a, took a knife and actually cut a whole couple holes in it to cinch it up. But I'm like, well, if I've got another 20 to go, I don't want to spend the money and then have to do it all over again. So I'm just going to look a little frumpy for another two or three months. And then, then I'll look at new clothes. Yeah, no, I, I get it. You don't want to go through more than one round of buying new clothes because it could get expensive, but it's yeah. a good problem to have. Yeah. Like somebody told me once, like I have, you know, we just got off uh, winter time and I had this jacket and I walk into to a place to see some friends and, you know, one guy who's, see me through this whole thing and he was like what how did he put it he's like you want the good news or the bad news and i was like uh, okay the bad news is that jacket's too big for you and he said like, the good news is that jacket's too big for you <laughs> nice yeah yeah it's 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 a fun problem to have i've been slowly replacing my my wardrobe but i you know i every other time i've lost weight i i don't throw away my old clothes because i just assume that i'm going to end up gaining weight again and I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like this is it. I'm not going back there again. Is that kind of how you feel? Yeah, I think I think once I hit where I want to hit, then 
I'll be doing some closet cleaning. Yeah. Well, and plus you have the added motivation and I think everybody who has type diabetes, whether type one or type two, that you really want to keep your blood sugars under control. So now that you found the, the formula and how to do it, there's no reason to ever go back to the old way. Yeah. I think like really the weight loss is a, a nice byproduct and you know, it's something I think like one of the reasons I posted that, that before and after picture on the group is that's a, that's motivation that you can see right is is he like seeing is believing right so you can hear like like i didn't know i didn't feel any different as far as like being diabetic it's just the blow work came back and it's like you've got a problem and it's like oh yeah the numbers say i got a problem i better fix this so that was really the main motivation it's like well i don't want to go blind and i don't want to lose my legs and have heart attack or kidney failure or pancreatitis and all this terrible stuff so let me take care of the insides and the outsides were just a byproduct almost. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so when you, when you went back to the doctor, what did your doctor have to say to you? He, he basically said, keep doing what I'm doing. He decided to take the metformin off the prescription list because he said I didn't need it. And that was basically it. Uh, he, like when he, when he gave me the type two diagnosis, at the same time he had scheduled a diabetes management class. I thought was a joke <laughs> when I went to it and what the, the nurse was telling me. And like at one point they said, well, if you, if you do have a little bit of low blood sugar, drink a can of soda. I was like, really? <laughs> a can? That's a lot. That'll I keep mean, you high for days. I can't remember. It's like still it's like, okay, you're telling a diabetic person to drink sugar. That, that doesn't make sense to me. I, I kind of, in my head, I had this Ron Swanson moment where I want to say, I know more than you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, can of soda is a lot. I mean, when I get low, I take four carbs, maybe eight if I'm like, it's pretty bad, but like a very small amount will do it. Yeah. Oh, and that, I had some liver enzymes markers that were off and he was worried about it. So I had to do an ultrasound and they did that and looked at it. And then I had to do like an MRI for the liver and turns out it was just a fat deposit. So and he said, well, they were like, okay, that'll probably shrink as you continue to lose fat. So we're not going to worry about it. Okay. And what about uh, your hypothyroidism? Does that, I mean, do, do, are you, is that something that you're going to have to deal with for life or are you off Synthroid as well? No, that'll be something I have to deal with forever. Like it happened way before the diabetes diagnosis. And, but a byproduct of losing all the weight is I don't need as much dosage because I have less body to manage. <laughs> I mean, I've lost. I lost a fifth of myself, so. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it's going to get even better once you, you know, get to your goal weight or beyond it even. Probably so. The last appointment I had for the thyroid checkup and the diabetes checkup, I think it was about a month ago, and he said the, the Synthroid dosage was about perfect. Like, everything was looking right where it should be. Yeah, I think, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like with hypothyroidism, you all, you probably felt pretty bad. Like, were you feeling pretty tired and just not yourself i mean it was it came on i guess gradually like i didn't really notice the biggest thing i noticed like yeah okay i've gained weight faster than i would think that i've had like i hadn't changed anything it wasn't like exercising less or eating more I hadn't really changed anything i was starting getting bigger and you know never struck me like i never had any symptoms that would have told me that i was had had hypothyroidism until yeah. i had some blood work and they noticed that the the markers were off. Yeah, that's that's actually important that you mention that because I think a lot of people with 
diabetes also have some some sort of thyroid issue. Like it's very, very common. So I'm not surprised. And then you you got your diabetes diagnosis not that long after. So. Well, I mean, we say not long after. It's like I got the thyroid diagnosis in 2016, and I got the diabetes diagnosis last July. Yeah. So yeah. You got a what five year difference. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the, those two definitely travel together. So. I'm glad that, you know, you got everything. And, you know, it's also really good that you went to your doctor and figured out about your diabetes because a lot of people don't, they run around with high blood sugars for years and years and don't even yeah. know what's going on. So that's, I think that would probably be something that you know, you're supposed to get a physical or some kind of check, like general checkup. And I don't know exactly what's all included in that. Cause I, I'm just like probably most people that I didn't do it. But that's definitely something if, if someone's carrying extra weight that they think they shouldn't, that's, I would say, Hey, get your, get your A1C, your blood sugars tested and get your thyroid tested because it could be either one of those. Yeah. And I, uh, I notice, especially with, you know, the higher blood sugars, it, it, it'll make you so tired. And if you, like you said, if you have a lot of these symptoms, like carrying extra weight or feeling tired, like definitely get it checked. Don't just dismiss it. Like, Oh, I'm, you know, stressed at work or whatever. Cause more than likely it's probably not just that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I never felt like my energy was that low, but I tend to be a night owl, so I don't sleep as much as I probably should. Like, I've gotten better as I've gotten older. It's like, okay, I'm aiming for a minimum of seven hours, but that doesn't always happen. And I just kind of attribute it to lack of sleep. But definitely since, since I've been fasting and eating this low-carb, high-fat, moderate-protein diet, like, my energy levels are definitely better. Like you don't yeah. notice how bad you feel until you feel like you should feel. Yeah, that's so, 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 so true. Yeah, I've had, you know, I've had diabetes almost 25 years now. And I've had, when I was diagnosed and up until, you know, I got on a pump maybe 10 years ago, I, I just really didn't, I, I just felt like it was normal to be tired all the time or not feel great. And it's because I was riding the blood sugar roller coaster. But once you get your settings more dialed in and you have more stable blood sugars, or in your case, just lower blood sugars, you know, you, you definitely feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So have you, aside from, I mean, these are major changes, aside from losing the weight and having to take, and you take less thyroid medication, have you had any other, have you had any non-scale victories that you want to talk about with fasting? I mean, well, all the non-scale, I guess, I guess to say non, non-scale victories, uh, not looking at the number wise, I mean, the energy's better. I do have sleep apnea, so I have a CPAP, but that's gotten, I think, better. Like, I've gone out of town, and I'm not carrying that machine with me. It's just a pain in the rear. But, you know, going on trips with people, it's like, you know, my snoring is a lot less offensive. <laughs> sleep apnea can be reversed, can't it? Like, once you lose a certain amount of weight, does it does it go um, away sometimes? I think it depends on the person. I mean, I know, I know very thin people who have it. Like, it's a, there's a a palate issue is part of it, like the thickness of your neck and the soft palate, you know, collapses and so you can't breathe. So, so it's but, not necessarily tied to weight for everybody. It's, it's, it usually gets different. better with weight, but okay. yeah, some people, I know some people who are, are thin who do have it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you've had some, some really good, you know, successes with fasting and just, and making changes to your diet. When you do alternate day fasting and you're doing 36 or 42 hours, speaking of sleep, do you, do you have trouble sleeping or do you feel okay in a really fasted state to sleep? Usually okay. I've had a couple of bouts of insomnia. Like I've, I've read that, you know, with everything going on, sometimes it releases some adrenaline. 
maybe in some low grade adrenaline and sit there and toss and turn, but that's only happened two or three times over the past seven months or how long it's, however long it's been. So you're tolerating it really well. I think one of the reasons that I do, whenever I do a down day, I always try to eat a little something in there because I just, I have trouble sleeping and I just, I feel like I'm super hyper <laughs> and I just can't, I don't know, maybe I just need to, to push through it a little bit more. I, I think I'm kind of a baby about it. <laughs> I, I guess it depends. I mean, if you can't sleep, you can't sleep. And I mean, there's, I think that's one of the issues with the whole dawn phenomenon is, you know, you wake up with higher cortisol levels, which increases insulin and, you know, it just throws everything off at least for, you know, the first hour or so. I forgot what I was going, going with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. At a point and I forget. No, that's okay. So have you had any, I mean, I think when all, any of us start fasting, in fact, I was talking to a friend about this today and she's, she's starting fasting and she's, you know, in the beginning it's like kind of tough, but there are also points along the way where it can be tough mentally. Do you have, have you had any struggles with fasting along the way or has it been pretty smooth sailing? It's been fairly smooth, to be honest. Like I said, I wasn't a complete stranger to it. Like I'd done fasting for certain events in the past and I mean, not eating and not sleeping and out in the woods for a whole weekend. I've done stuff like that and, you know, meditation, that sort of thing. So it wasn't completely foreign. I just never did it on a regular basis and it wasn't for changing physical health. So in general, it's been pretty easy to be honest. I mean, every now and then it might be a little bit of a struggle and it's like, okay, I see something. Okay. I don't want this piece of cheese to, you know, take this bone broth. Maybe like I'll definitely break it if I feel sick. Like if it's, if it's ever gotten to the point where like, okay, I feel weak or getting real sweaty and shaky, then I'll just go ahead and break it. Like, it's not like, um, I'm not like crazy about the discipline. I mean, it's, it takes discipline, but you're not, a, you're not a, being a tyrant to yourself or you shouldn't be a tyrant to yourself. If you feel ill, then you should break the fast and just start again, the, you know, the next day or start as soon as you, you, know, you eat something and you feel better okay start your fast again try it again and you know it does i think i think it does take practice like your body has to adjust like the first because I, I went hardcore i didn't ease into it at all um you know as soon as i got the diagnosis like like the night before i had a dr pepper that was half drank and I, I i don't like coffee i hate coffee so yeah but I was tired and I needed, I wanted some caffeine. So I had this Dr. Pepper and I go and drink sipping on it on the way to the doctor's office. He gives me a diagnosis, go out to my truck, had the rest of it and immediately poured it out. And that was that. And like I ate that day and, you know, changed what I ate that for, for my first meal that day. And then the next day I started fasting. That's uh, impressive. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like a lot's on the line. So you just said, I'm just doing this right this very minute. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna play around with it. So, but you know, the first, the first week or two was tough because your body doesn't know how to change because you're taking a new fuel. It's everything's crazy. You got the, you know, refeeding, not to be gross, but diarrhea and that sort of stuff. But you know, that went away after about a week, my body got used to it. And, you know, now I can go 48 hours or 42 hours and I'll still break it gently like i'll take some bone broth and then wait about 30 minutes have a small piece of cheese wait about 30 more minutes and have my first meal and i'm and i'm fine yeah do you do anything longer than that ever or you pretty much stick to the adf protocol 
I did one for about 60 hours one time, you know, during this whole process. And I just started a new protocol actually uh, this week. And it's kind of based, there's a, I think it's one of the people with the fasting method. They call it coach Nadia's uh, protocol, which is like, like a, I think it's like 48, 48 hours of fasting. It's like a day of fasting. Then you have one meal. And then the next day you have two meals and then you do another day of fasting. You have one, two, and then two to finish off the week. And they recommended like doing like having your fasting days on Monday and Thursday. Well, that lines up with my class days for training. And so I was like, well, that fits my schedule really well, but I'm going to go a little bit more intense with it. And on my feeding days have one meal. So over the course of the week, it actually accrues to more hours of fasting than, than alternate day fasting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. That's uh, and it's nice to change it up every once in a while. So you don't get bored. Yeah. Change it up. And you know, any social things that I'm going to do is going to be on Friday or Saturday. So it's like fasting on Fridays is kind of a bummer. So I'll do that and then just have the one meal on the feeding days and see how that goes. And, you know, I've kind of, I never broke through 200. I got to 200 and I've fluctuated between that and 205 and haven't been able to break. So I'm like, okay, I got to change it up. So I'm break, maybe break through the plateau and then get to, get to close to my goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so when you, when you got the diagnosis or when you saw that high blood sugar of 211, you started fasting immediately and you changed your diet that day. Were you eating just everything you wanted to eat prior to that? And then the very day that you got it, you went to low carb, high fat diet. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a tough transition. You really changed overnight. Yeah. I mean, well, it was a, it was a combination of being scared and being angry. Yeah. Scared of what could happen and angry at myself for not preventing it, you know, beforehand. So I, I was approaching it from two directions. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I imagine, do, do, have you ever had any cravings since you kind of, you really just abruptly abandoned your old way of eating? Do you struggle with that at all? Or are you pretty pretty well dialed in at this point? Pretty well dialed in. I don't really have any cravings for anything. Like, surprisingly, like I, I was, you know, a Dr. Pepper addict. And once I started, I really didn't miss it. You know, I've if it's been a rough day where I've like, really dragging and I'm at work and I'm falling asleep at my desk, I might have like a diet Dr. Pepper can and that's it. And then once I'm awake, then I was like, okay, I'm done with it. You know, that's once in a while, like, you know, as far as that, the discipline of doing it, definitely the first, I'd say month or two, I was very hardcore. As I started that seeing that, okay, my blood sugar is averaging around mid eighties and I'm not craving anything, you know, if there's like a social event, then I won't hold myself to like be ridiculous. Right. Like I'll try to eat the healthiest thing I can or fast depending on what the situation is, but I'm not being a tyrant to myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll still go have a whiskey or a wine with friends, you know, just not, you know, you know, and I like beer and that was, that's, you know, terrible for me. So I've mostly cut out, you know, beer every now and then I might have but not to the point where, okay, I'm going to have 10. Yeah. Yeah. So you're really trying to be, you know, gentle with yourself and do this in a way that is sustainable for you so that you don't just say it's all or nothing. And if I don't do it hundred percent, then just forget the whole thing. So that's, that's a great way to do it actually. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know. It's like, what's the trade off? I can be miserable and insane or, you know, I'm going to be slightly unhealthy, but happy. Yeah. And I say unhealthy, eat something unhealthy once in a while. But, you know, as long as 
there's consistency. You know, have those things be the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. And I think, you know, anybody that tries it would be pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So before we come up on time, I just want to get from you some closing thoughts on if somebody has prediabetes or just got a type 2 diagnosis or something like that and they're thinking about fasting, do you have any recommendations on how they might get started or just some tips that you have? I mean, all I can say is what other people have done or what other people recommend. I mean, if you know you can do the, you know, be disciplined, try going all in and, you know, be gentle with yourself. If it's too much, back off and, you know, start with, I know, you know, the, the fasting method people, they say start with cutting out any snacking. And then if you can manage that, then start changing what you eat. If you manage that, okay, start skipping one meal a day. Like I skip breakfast because as soon as I wake up, I take a shower and I go to work. I don't have any like family time or anything in the morning. You know, any of my social interactions going to be after work. So, and so many social interactions revolve around food. Definitely, if you're going for longer fast, try, try to find something to keep your mind occupied or something to keep you busy. Especially, I would say physically busy. Because if you're working with something, you're doing something physical, you know, working out or playing basketball or, or whatever, then you're, you're not really thinking about eating. If you're just sitting around, there's a temptation to eat. Like I, I, I would eat when I'm bored. That was a big problem for me. So staying busy really helps in finding out what is, what are my busy days and then maybe fast on those days. But, and then just be open to a lot of experimentation. I, I, it's definitely, and from what I can tell, it's not a one size fits all approach is you've got to try a few things and then you'll find out eventually what works for you. I love that. And actually I really, you're the first person to say, try to keep busy when you're fasting. I think that's a great idea because it really does help you to kind of make it through, especially in the beginning when you're not used to not eating as an activity. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, you've got this TV behind me, but I never watch it. Like I don't have cable or any subscriptions. I don't have Netflix or any of that stuff. So I don't have anything like zone out on. <laughs> so I try to stay fairly busy, you know, running the martial arts school and teaching and then, you know, maybe go for a walk here and there around the neighborhood, something to keep my mind. It, you know, if it gets to that point where I'm that bored and I'm thinking, I kind of want to eat something. At this point, it's, it's become a habit where it's like, I don't really think about it unless it's going to be a meal time when it's a scheduled meal time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Same here. Thanks for the invite. Of course. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.